I'm Pamelanga, and this is the Mindful Entrepreneur Podcast, the Pan-African show for entrepreneurship and culture. Here we laugh, learn, and grow, and sometimes we mix a little bit of French. Today, I'm taking you to the United States of America to meet our special guest. He's a senior software architect, an accomplished musician, and accredited film score composer. Meet Kevin Good. From being a core member of the QuickTime development team at Apple and a part of the Java team for Sun Microsystem to founding the first web-based music and media content management service and scoring music for ABC TV and various films. He has been able to bring a wealth of creativity to the technology space and business savvy to the music content arena. He has agreed to do an interview with me to catch up on a new project he has started called African Diaspora Trivia. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Welcome. Nice to be here, Pamela. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. How are you? You're calling from all the way from California, Los Angeles, California. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, feel so privileged to have you here. So, give for those who are watching, give them like a little background of who you are, how you came up. How does a musician just get into software development? <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's see. I am a musician. I went to school. Uh, I'm originally from San Diego, California. Um, I went to school for music, and while I was in college, uh, I decided uh, I went to a place called San Jose State, which is up in the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, and then I decided to. I was studying music, but I wanted to. I taught. I wanted to learn about programming because I thought it would help out musicians. You know, creating a website. And, and so forth. And so I started learning about programming. And then from there, I ended up getting a job at Apple Computer. Um, and then I got a job at Sun Microsystems and then a few other like huge companies. Uh, but then I started going more into the software programming versus the music. So I stopped that, went back to music. Um, and then I moved uh, down from the Bay Area to L.A. and was doing film scoring, uh, working for bigger composers. Um, and doing my own music. I still do my own music. But then uh, at a certain point, I started to look at uh, the world differently. Um, mm-hmm. And I started to look at Africa differently. And I wanted to learn more. And also I wanted to learn more about um, my history here in America. Because, mm-hmm. you know, basically we're taught in school, you know, you have Martin Luther King. You have maybe Malcolm mm-hmm. X and one or two other people. And that's all that, you know. African black people or Africans have done in the world. I'm like, that's not even, (laughs) it's like, come on. But, but the thing is, is I believe that for, I didn't believe it. I knew that there was more, but I didn't know what else was out there. Yeah. And, And so, um, I started to do more research. I also, um, I love languages. So I speak French and Hebrew. And then, um, as I started to learn more about, the languages learn more about, you know, African-American history. Then I started looking over at Africa because when I was growing up, 
Um, basically, what they taught us was that we were – they saved us from the jungle. They saved us from all of this stuff. <laughs> I am dead serious. Well, I, which jungle, yeah. man? Which jungle? Exactly. exactly. If you went to Africa, you would not see jungles. Like, no, no, I've been to Africa. I, I've definitely been to Africa. Which but it was, uh, I've been to uh, um, Ethiopia. I've been to Egypt. I've been to Sudan. And I've been to Morocco. So. Come to the west side, the central side, because I'm from Come and check us so out. I, we are vibrant people. I do want to go to Cameroon. When I was in, I was in, I met some Cameroonians when I was in um, Bordeaux, France, like wow. doing an internship in college. Yeah. I love that you speak French because I speak French, but for the viewers, I'm not going to, I'm not going to switch it up. But, uh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. But so that, that's it. So after that, I wanted to learn more about, um, Africa. One one time when I was in primary school, I remember reading a book and it was about a place called Timbuktu. And I remember asking my teacher if it was a real place. And she said, no. <laughs> and like later on, um, yes, of course, it's a real place. And it was a place of education, uh, learning. Um, and so there's so much history that has been hidden from or either brushed to the side. Of and course. So, yeah. And so that was my goal, like, with the app. Uh, so I created this app, African Diaspora Trivia. And basically it includes the inc- accomplishments of Africans both on the continent and in the diaspora. Because collectively, we've done a lot of things. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We've done a yeah. lot of things. A lot and of we're things. still doing a lot of things. And we're still doing Not a lot stuff. of things. Yeah, but what the problem that we have is a lot of the stuff, a lot of things that we've created have been stolen from us. We haven't been given the credit. And mm-hmm. so um, with the Internet it's uh, and with the tools now, it's kind of a way to, like, start to tell our own stories mm-hmm. um, because we've been reliant. Part of the problem is on us because we've been reliant on other people to tell our stories. Awesome. Yeah. And, and if we don't start to, like – uh, write down or tell our own stories. No one else is going to tell our own stories. No one else is going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's kind of. Uh-huh, yeah, I wanted to add on to what you were saying about how in school you only thought a certain thing. I went to an international school, which was like basically most of our teachers were Caucasian, and our history class was. I knew more about Hitler and. I I just I didn't know enough about African history. I mean, I knew about Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and civil rights, and what is what is that? But I didn't know anything about you know Thomas Sankara or you know people that were actually in the movement. I didn't know about colonization until I moved back and I went to an African history class and I was like, oh, yes, oh. <laughs> yes, this is this is it. And I think that really got me thinking, like, well, there's so much that needs yeah. to be done. There's so much information out there. If if you stay in that bubble of what another race would teach you, you'll never know what your own people have done. So, champ for you know exploring. Yeah. So that, that's um, <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Now that's what the app is about. It's basically one way. Um, it's a trivia app, so that way you can um, we ask you questions about things that have happened on the continent, things that were developed, and then you have three different options to answer. 
Um, if you get the answer wrong, there's a learn more. So right there on the spot, you can learn more about that particular subject. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, one of my um, I, I'm I'm not a historian by trade, but I I mean I I studied music and development, but, but uh, through this process, I've started like reading and learning so much about history, and I, I think. Um, we all we all need to do it in whatever form that we can. Um, we all because literally I one of my sayings was like until the lion or it's a, it's an African proverb until the lion has his own historian. Um, the hunter will always be the hero. So the thing is, is like our his, the West has been writing our history. Yeah. And we've let yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> They have been, and it's been in so many people's minds that yeah. that's the truth, you know. And even even in even in the history that they teach us as they taught us at school, it only started at a certain point where it's like pre-colonization was like one chapter, and then colonization was like seven chapters. And I'm like, exactly. but before this, though, there is a whole like so much before the whole colonization, there was a whole life Africans were living. You know, yeah. that as well is like, it's out there, but if you don't look for it, it's not going right. to be taught to you. It's not, you're not, they're gonna, not going to bring it up in school. So yeah. you need to fetch. And yeah. it's frustrating because you can find more about pre, you know, evolution France than in like a minute, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. Even <laughs> BC, man, like, you wouldn't have yeah. to test that. Exactly. I think, for us, I think it's also for us Africans to actually dig up that whole history and bring it and, yes. and kind of find a way of exposing that so yes. that we actually have access to that as well. And yeah. and those who are now, like in the modern times, we actually have to keep writing because this is going to be somebody else's history. So yeah. if we don't yeah. write, if we don't keep record, I think that's also one thing that Africans didn't really do. Like they just passed on stories. Like that's the way of passing on history. Whereas right. other races, they wrote, they wrote it down. They had diaries, and that kind of was kept. So we have to actually do the same thing now because the future is going to be like. So what happened? Kevin Good and his ass. But you know, there's a, there's a lot. Yeah. There's there's a lot of text that has been written down in Africa. It hasn't been translated yet. So in, in different parts and 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 there are, are books that have been um, written as well. But some of the books like there's an encyclopedia that was written, but it's five hundred and seventy five dollars to buy it. And I'm like, that's craziness. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> I mean, so they have the history is like two dollars. Yeah, exactly. Because turn it's, it it's into like, a documentary. Just turn it into a documentary. I'll watch it. <laughs> but at, but see, that means that we have to do it. Otherwise, somebody yeah. else is going to tell. Because one of the things, you a know, everyone. Story. Yeah. And in the West, they always talk about, oh, the Greek scholars. But they stop there. They don't talk about how the Greek scholars went to Africa to study. And they weren't just there for a year. They were there for like 20 years or more. Um, and and so that that's a huge, you know, everything stops at Greece. But they didn't. They But they went to Africa to learn what they learned. And then they took it back. to Greece. So there, there's a whole bunch that um, we all need to start documenting. So basically the app is it's just a start. And like I said, I'm learning a lot of this history along the way. Um, mm -hmm. And everyone that I'm working with, we're all learning a lot of this history along the way. So. Right. And I wanted to ask you, like, 
coming into, you said you've traveled to like certain parts, uh, uh, Morocco, Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that you appreciate so much about the African culture? Don't generalize because we're all different. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> what is one thing that you kind of, like you've seen in some, the places that you've been there, it's like, mm, this is a common African trait, but I like you. You know, um, one of the biggest things is like, I grew up in what's called the African Methodist Episcopal Church here in, in mm-hmm. the States. Uh, a lot of customs that we do here, like, especially in, in the African church here, uh, is they're done in Africa. Uh, and I noticed that when I was in Ethiopia, uh, just a lot of like small things, like movements, some of the dancings. It's like, it's like, no, it's, it's too, yeah, it's too, it's too, it's too connected. And, and when I was in Ethiopia, I went to this, um, cultural center. It was called Fendika. And, um, they were, there were some jazz musicians there. Uh, they, they were Ethiopian, but they, they studied in Berkeley here, um, in the States. They basically, when I heard they took jazz and they took it to a whole nother level because what they did was they really integrated African rhythms, African, um, song. They integrated it all together in a jazz and it just kind of blew my mind. It was. Wow. Yeah, it was the most amazing thing I had heard in a really long time musically. So was, African music is really what, like, that you, what you really appreciate about our culture. It's yeah. like different beats. I think we're, I love African music and all shit. I feel like we're very, um, I don't know the word. I forgot the word, but we're very energetic. We like, yeah. we just like music. Anything that is, you know, we turn church into a whole turn up party, man. Literally. <laughs> But, it's a party, but he's like, it's yeah. But every moment we have is like enjoyment, literally. In yeah, in the churches that, my, that I go to, our traditional churches in the, uh, my tribe is usually a lot of rhythms. So there's just so much drums. Like people take it, you know, dance crew. We have a whole, the whole choir is always dressed up with the moves and the handshake. <laughs> It's a whole mood. Yes. <laughs> it's a situation. Oh, yeah. Like if you're walking oh. up the street, you will hear the party. <laughs> that's it. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not easy. I yeah. think that's really who we are. Like we're just very vibrant that, people. That is who we are. I think as a whole, um, and I think it's been. But we need to, uh, as a whole, like both in the diaspora and on the continent, we need to kind of pull that back and just kind of like know it and and accept it and i don't i don't really know how to explain it but we we need to that accept it embrace it and move forward yeah. i mean you can be a doctor but you're still going to have you know the drum beats and the music and everything it's like you can be whatever you want to be and yeah. it'll be you and and yeah. stop being on this other like identity that's not us in order to appease other people i guess other people yeah i think it's because um i think that kind of struggles and somebody doesn't really know their identity i don't right. know if that's 
I mean, here in, in, in Cameroon, it's very hard for the person to be like, I don't know where I'm from. Like, I don't know what my tribe is. Like, you would know that this is your village and this is what they would tell you. Like, my village, we do this. We just like this. We eat. So that person already has, I could say, an identity. Obviously, if with, with, with all the influence, culture influence, there is sometimes that like cultural mixage where like you want to do some things, you want to adopt other things. But yeah. here I would say people know where they're from. Like, if someone comes and presents a meal, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I know that. <laughs> that's, that's us. And if they play a rhythm, it's like, yeah, that we play that in my village. Like, people would be able to identify. Do you think that that's the same thing there for, for black people? I think for black people, and I, I will say for Africans as well, you know your identity there in Cameroon, but once you leave Cameroon, are you going to still hold on to that? Are you going to adapt in order to, um, like, if you go to England, you come to the United States, are you going to change in order to, because I I have some friends that are um, from Senegal, and but they lived in France, and one one of them, um, she told me, like, just not too long ago, like, two years ago, she realized she was black. Two years ago. And I'm like... We, we, we're all from different tribes. You know your tribe, you know where you're from. But when we move out of our own individual cultures, we move into this other world, interact. Um, we go to like the Germanys or the, the France or Europe or, or United States. It's probably more pronounced in the United States. It doesn't matter. They're, the only thing that they're going to look at is the color of your skin, which is unfortunate because that's not how society should be. But, um, and so there's this, uh, there's this, um, so you kind of subtly start to change who you are in order to fit in. But if, them, if, if mm-hmm, go on. For them to see that you're more than just black. Yeah, but see, that's, get, yeah, and that's a problem because you've mm-hmm. just changed who you are. So, and, and I, I think that's a problem because, you're you're on the continent, but you guys have still been affected by colonization. Yeah, you've still been programmed by the history books that they created. So mm-hmm. I mean, so we need to kind of turn it upside down or turn it around and take back our history as a people as a whole. And so even though we're from different tribes, these tribes have basically like like the the countries that you you attach onto today they didn't exist 200 years ago yeah but yet and still now everyone embraces these countries as if you know so so it's like knowing the full scope of history and just like okay well when my ancestors were taken from africa they weren't taken from the jungle they were t- taken from like Kingdoms. I don't know, kingdoms, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the, the, these minor changes, if we start to, um, that's the hope of. The, I know it's like that's the hope of the app. I mean, it's just a start, but you know, people com- combine that with books. But five hundred dollar encyclopedias are not going to get it because most people can't afford that. So we need to put it like right, right now. We're doing a, um, you know, we're, we're streaming this. And it's going to go on YouTube. So it's like, it, it's, it's easy. It's more, it's easily accessible, I guess. That's. Okay. Is the app free? Is it? The app is free. Okay. The app is free. All, all, all uh, app platforms, 
Like, so it's a, yeah, it's available on iPhone and Android. Uh, it can work on tablets, but it's, I'm the only one developing it. So it's not really, um, I, I, from the programming perspective, from the questions I'm, I'm working with people, but it, yeah, iPhone and Android. So, okay. uh, if you look at it on a tablet, it's probably not going to look so well, but we're, we're working on that. <laughs> okay. So what's the project with the app over the years? Like in two years, how do you plan expanding and growing with that? We're just, I grow, we're trying to grow 20% like a month grow at 20% and then two years, hopefully two years, we'll have over a hundred thousand users, hopefully, you know, so, but right now it's just, and we're, uh, it, it is free. And so we, uh, make money through in-app advertisements. Uh, eventually we hope to, um, basically provide advertisements for black businesses or African businesses that are online or any business, but targeting uh, black businesses. Um, so yeah, so we're basically, you know, hopefully in two years, a hundred thousand. Um, we're, we're making a lot of, we're making a lot of changes with the app as far as adding more questions, especially questions for the continent, different places on the continent. So that's, that's been taking some time. And then, uh, I'm, I'm making, uh, programming changes. We're adding like calorie shells, just kind of customizing it to make it, um, a uh, more enjoyable experience. But so far, uh, we've gotten a lot of positive reviews, um, uh, with people playing the app and saying that they're, they're learning a lot of stuff. So, um, please check it out. It's called African Diaspora Trivia. <laughs> and we have a website basically that has, uh, it's a blog, um, and blogs about some of the different questions that are in the app. And the cool thing about the website is we link to other sites that are, um, either African based or diaspora based. So that way it's kind of like we're, we're, it's, it's really trying to help to tell our own story. Um, so linking to other, um, writers that have maybe explored the subject in more detail. And so that way, if, if a reader wants to learn more, they have a source to go to that's reputable. Um, in terms of how the app has the positive remarks that people have gotten from the app, are they like black? Are they Africans? What are the different people? Are they white? What are the different people who actually consume the content that is on the app? So basically, uh, we're getting Africans and we're also getting, um, people from South America, uh, um, Brazil. Uh, they're, they're basically, uh, commenting about their learning, things that they didn't know. And one of the things that we want to do with the app is actually, um, uh, get it translated into Kiswahili. Mm. So, because, uh, what the West has done that's perfected a lot of things for the West is they only translate things into Western languages. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so it's like, uh, Africans need to start, we need to start like really, okay, yeah, I'm going to translate it into Kiswahili, maybe Amharic, you know, so that way it's like, bringing those languages up kind of like the West did it. So that's what, um, and, and yeah, it'll, it'll go into French as well and Spanish eventually. But I, I think Kiswahili might is, it's my desire to have it translated into Kiswahili first before French or any of the other languages. Yeah. 
I have a personal question. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's you, but the, did you ever feel like the more you knew, you knew more about your history, the sad, the sadder you feel? I don't know. It's not in the sad, <laughs> way, it's sad, but like, oh my god. <laughs> well, I guess the thing that for me is like, how did this happen? Yeah, it's like a sad, not like a sad, sad, but like a. Sad. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, but I think part of it is. Yeah, I I wonder how it happened. But, you know, the the Europeans, they're in tribes as well. But the difference is their tribes have banded together. Uh, I have a friend from Switzerland, and he said, you know, he's like, yeah, we have tribes. And we all know who's which tribes we're from. But they don't outside of Switzerland. You don't know that. All you know is Switzerland. So they've Mm -hmm. kind of perfected that. And um, like even in England, I found out, Okay, well, you know, you know, the royal family. Uh, the queen and all that other stuff. They're actually German. So it's like all this stuff that we don't know. And, and us as Africans or African-Americans, Africans on the continent in the diaspora of South America, we don't always um, band together like we should. Mm. Uh, I, I think um, in South America, they have like places like Brazil because, and also and and, um, in America, we have as African Americans because we're all from different places. We all look different and stuff. But the thing is, is like we had to find something. And now we still like fight and argue or disagree and blah blah blah. But we we try to come together um, mm-hmm. because we know that if we don't, it's us against the world. Yeah, and so but if if Africans as a whole unite, and that's why African diaspora. But on the continent and in the diaspora, it's like that's a pretty powerful force. Mm. And, and it's and I guess uh, what I was saying earlier, you you can be a doctor but still enjoy rhythms and still dance and do all of this others. It's like, but we we put on an image in order to fit into the society, and that shouldn't be. You know, mm. we should bring our whole being to whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah, so in truly embrace that Africanness. Yes. And not feel like, you know, just because you've changed your context doesn't mean you have to actually change your person. Right. And I guess that's something that, like, we as, I think, like, as human beings, we just want to feel accepted and loved. So any situation that we feel like, okay, there's something wrong, we immediately think there's something wrong with me. There's something I need to fix. And as, like, and if you're in a, in, a, in an environment where you're not, the person doesn't look like you, it's automatic, like, yeah, there's something, there's definitely something with my skin color or something like that. But, like, those are things you, obviously it's easier said than done, but those those are things you can't change, like, automatically. Right. right. It, obviously, but, well, you know. I wouldn't want to, ch- I would never want to change my skin color. It's like, it's what we have helps, it's a uh, melon, it's, you know, to not be able to tan or whatever, that's a genetic deficiency. You know, yeah. but we, we, we don't, and it's not anything negative. It's just like everybody has different deficiencies in different ways, but it's like, mm-hmm. I love who I am. I love my skin color. I mean, I love laying out in the sun. It's like, I'm not going to try to change who I am. I mean, mm-hmm. this is who God created me to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and it takes a lot to get there. It takes a lot of self-development and personal development to get there. What do you personally recommend with somebody that's kind of struggling with that identity? So that either African American or just African in an environment that is not, you know, their environment. Right. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, uh, honestly, I just I, I say find out more about who you are, your history. I know it's easier said than done, but realize like your place in the world. I mean, we had some we have not had, but we have some incredible ancestors. And the reality is, is they created some amazing, amazing things that are still being used today. They still haven't discovered um, everything about Egypt and Ethiopia, their ability to farm and, and historically was just like unbelievable. Same with other parts of, of Africa. So it's like there's so much there. Um, and in Zimbabwe, they have the, the walls and everything. So it's like there's so much like history. It's, it's, it's about like we, we have to be secure in who we are as a people. And, and what, but we, we can't do that as long as we believe that, uh, my ancestors were slaves, you know, and they were brought from the jungle and they were saved by, we were saved by coming to America. So it's like, no. <laughs> or if I let somebody else tell my history and, and basically, oh, Martin, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, that, that's your history. And don't talk about, yeah, or don't talk about um, the Black Panthers. And they were pretty, but if you look at the Black Panthers, I'm not talking about the movie. You know, I don't know if you know about the Black Panthers and <laughs> not the movie, but but I mean, I'm already but, there. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, so it's like they, um, the Black Panthers in Oakland, back in the, I guess they were the '60s. They were doing some amazing things. They were feeding their people. Um, or, and they were, they were just doing some amazing things, but the United States decided to villainize them. So, and tried to erase them from history. Um, so it's like, I depended, I depended on the United States to teach me history because I didn't know any better. But at a certain point, I realized I was not from Rome. My ancestors weren't, weren't Roman. And it's like, and my ancestors here in the States, they've created a lot of things from air the first air conditioner units, the first heating units, the first auto factory. And a lot of things were stolen, but that from them, especially patents and stuff, but they did do their due diligence um, and it's been documented. So I, it, it gives me, so for anyone that's on the continent, or wherever, just start start looking inward. Look, don't just look at your tribe. Look at other tribes on the continent because mm-hmm. we got to look at everybody as a whole and embrace everything that all of us have created. That's what I think. Just like the Swiss, the Swiss are doing, the Germans, everybody else. Yeah, I want to keep talking, but like <laughs> the conversation is so good. I feel like the conversation with you is like. I don't even know, sitting like all the most powerful, you know, civilian fighters and civil rights mixed with like geniuses and musicians all in one. A conversation would never end. It just <laughs> never end. 
We should all be having conversations every place, all the time. Every place. I just want to thank you so much, uh, Kevin Good, for coming and telling me everything that you've shared. I hope that anybody that is listening, tuning in, has really... One thing that they have to... One thing I'm going to leave from this conversation is I have to be so flipping... I mean, flipping, like 100%, (laughs) secure in my Africanness. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, to the point where I have to be confident wherever I go. It's going to take some work, but I have to dig deep and really look at other people's tribes and be so proud of holding that communion. You know? Absolutely. Anyways... Thank you so much, Kevin, for giving us all these details on the African Diaspora Trivia app. You guys, as you guys have heard, if you're passionate about learning more about Africa, even if you're African, there's so many things that we need to know. So the links to the website, the app, is going to be in the description box. Kevin, good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Pamela, for having me. It's been great. (laughs) Okay. Hey, listener, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our content. I always appreciate that. And also, don't forget to let us know what you think of this episode or any difficulty you're facing as an African entrepreneur. I would love to hear about it. Also, help us grow this content. Help us grow this channel by sharing with a friend or family. That would be very much appreciated. You can follow us on Mindful Entrepreneur Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can follow me, Pamela Nga, that is Nga underscore Pamela on Instagram. Until then, see you in the next episode.